All right. Well, Happy New Year, Mike. Yeah. Happy 2022 to you as well. Hope you had a good break. Yeah, I did. I did. All things said. I took about three weeks off just to hang out with the family. And this is the most time I've taken off consecutively. And I I just really felt like I needed it. Um, And it was going great. And then I caught the flu. And it lasted about two weeks. (laughs) So I'm just recovering uh, right in time to get back into the swing of things. Ugh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. That definitely sucks. I Actually, 20, the end of 2019, I caught the flu mm. over Christmas, so kind of ruined Christmas mm. of that year. And so anyway, I yeah, I'm glad that you're feeling better now. And, and yeah, I, I took a couple weeks off myself. Thankfully, did not have the flu. Yeah. Um, didn't really do a whole lot, you know, but did, did get to see some family, which is really nice, too. Nice, nice. I think we all need that now. So... All right, so we're back. It's 2022. I thought we'd do something new to kick off the year. So put together a prediction episode for the coming year. There's so many things happening right now, um, especially in the world of product and tech. And I don't know, I figured we could have some fun with it. Yeah, I love it. I'm ready for it. I've done some homework. I am ready (laughs) to go. Okay, so I figured we'd zoom back out a bit and ask each other what we think is going to happen this year around technology, work, maybe marketing, maybe some general industry trends. And then let's wrap up with uh, some things that we're excited for and some things we're maybe not looking forward to this year. All right. Well, I'm pumped for this. Let's get into it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. 
This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is and save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Okay, so kicking off the new year, let's have some fun and make some predictions about what is going to happen in this coming year. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I feel like if we did this last year, we probably would have gotten everything wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought 2021 was going to be this year of recovery, and I don't know. After summertime, it just seems like it was 2020 2.0 for most of us. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if 2022 goes the same way. Um, I don't know. I'm not even going to go there yet. So don't, don't, please don't. <laughs> 2022 is going to be a comeback year for us. I'm calling it. All right. I love it. Like Tom Brady coming back to win three Super Bowls after blowing out his knee in 2008 and <laughs> missing half the season. Maybe, maybe this is that. Yes, exactly like that. And in that uh, spirit, right, let's kick off the first categories of predictions, which is uh, let's start off with technology. So, Mike, in 2020, what trends or innovations do you think we'll see in regards to tech? Okay. Well, you want to know what? I'm going to go big here, and I'm going to say 2022 is going to be the year where we see some major breakthroughs in quantum computing. Oh, interesting. I, I honestly wasn't expecting that. It does feel like it's been simmering for a while now, though. What did you learn? Yeah, that's right. Well, quantum computing, it, it took a big leap forward with 2021, honestly. I mean, many top academics and even former White House officials uh, ended up joining startups, and there's a huge funding boost from the French and German governments. Even places like Finland built their first quantum computer. Wait, tell me more about this former White House official. Okay, well, the UK quantum software company Riverlane actually hired Jake Taylor, who was the assistant director for quantum information science at the White House from 2017 to 2020. He actually led the creation of the U.S. National Quantum Initiative, which was bipartisan legislation aimed at advancing quantum technology in the country. Geez, that's uh, quite a feat, especially, I don't know, considering who was in charge at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like if you have that title, you could pretty much get any job in quantum computing, by the way. But yes, anyway, the reality is we're still really, really early. So I don't think this is the year necessarily where quantum computing necessarily breaks through to the mainstream, but I do think we're going to hear about some big breakthroughs that are going to happen, um, and it's going to open up some capabilities in the future. Okay, so, I don't know, give me an example of what you're thinking. Okay, well, I was looking into this, and quantum computing, it sort of depends on the availability of very specific hardware and material that's able to maintain spin states of what's called quibits for extended periods of time. Uh, today, the materials that we have at this point they're very unstable. Um, they're highly prone to error. Not only capable of making more complex calculations, with certainty anyway, uh, to unleash the massive potential of quantum computing, 
We actually need systems with millions of stable quibits uh, rather than the tens of not so robust ones that we have at this point. <laughs> okay, so because of increased funding and interest in the space, we're going to start closing up some of the gaps that have existed in producing reliable quantum computing machines. And so hopefully, I guess the, the idea is more companies and governments can start to leverage it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not necessarily in the mainstream, so to speak. I bet we'll see more headlines this year about some major advancements that we have in the past, though. All right. Well, I mean, it's a good way to kick this off. So for me, I picked NFTs. And I think 2022 is going to be a very telling year for the future of the web. And I'm honestly not sure which way it's going to go, but it feels like things are converging and some amalgamation of our collective vision of the future of the web is going to come out the other side this year. All right. All right. So what do you see happening with NFTs? We're, we're all going to have Ape JPEGs. Uh, what's going to happen here, Michael? <laughs> so I think we're going to see more big brands experimenting with NFTs and like kind of digital goods in general. And it feels like we've been practicing with NFTs and blockchain for the past couple of years, like you know five to, to 10 years or so. Um, and they've made a big imprint on the fabric of tech culture in 2021. But most immediate and intriguing trend is kind of this metaverse fashion trend that we're seeing. And the infrastructure is finally here. Okay. And what do you mean by that? So I think we'll first see it in the gaming industry. And depending on how fast Apple moves into mixed reality or augmented reality, we might see it kind of at the tail end of this year in what is being dubbed kind of the metaverse. So in gaming specifically, a lot of this like kind of NFT culture already exists in most games where there are in-game stores where players can upgrade their gear, they can buy new outfits. Yeah, and look, I have a nine-year-old who used to be big on Fortnite. Mm. I can't tell you how much of his allowance money he spent on on these digital outfits and accessories and, and all of that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So the capabilities that NFTs give us are really an expansion of that concept. And it's been around for over a decade. But my guess is we'll start to see the very start of a decentralized marketplace where items can be purchased and used in multiple places. So, for instance, your son he, who's buying these outfits for Fortnite, maybe he can also use them in Cyberpunk 2077 or whatever next game that he's playing. Those goods would actually carry over because they would be part of a decentralized market. Um, and then, you know, maybe he can wear those same shoes to his metaverse meetings when he goes to hang out with his friends. All right. All right. And that's that's kind of what Justin can, the founder of Twitch, he's now working on with Fractal, right? Yeah, exactly. So instead of digital goods basically being only useful in a particular game or app, they'll be transferable. But I don't think the established studios are going to buy into this so quickly. So my guess is... This year, we're going to see the start of a new cohort of studios and game makers that are excited to build around this concept. The trick will be, when will that breakout game or use case come, if it comes at all? So in 2022, I think that's what we're going to start to see is the beginning of that ecosystem. And I'm hoping by the end of the year, we'll know, is this actually the direction that the web is going to take? All right. So let's take a quick break right here and let's come back and then talk more about the future of work. Okay, so before the break, we were discussing our technology predictions, which seemed like we both feel like 2022 is going to be a building block year for key technologies that could change the web and how we work in the future. And on that note, what are you thinking in terms of work trends for 2022? Yeah, so 
Now that every tech company has embraced some form of remote work, and even if they want to come back to an office, they've probably hired folks that live remotely, or they've had key employees that have moved away from this central location that they were in before. I think we're long overdue for a philosophical renaissance in management philosophy, especially around product and engineering. So what does this mean? No more agile or scrum? I think we're all going to go waterfall, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I do think we're going to see an evolution of those concepts. Agile was developed over 20 years ago now by engineers, right? Many people will disagree, but I don't think that Agile is much of a product development process as it is an engineering management process. And the way that we structure our processes, even at Dribble, right, for a 50-person remote product team, it's a lot different than the traditional Agile or Scrum because we've had to adapt these processes over the last five years or so to a remote first methodology. So I think we've seen people like Ryan Singer present Shape Up and it's uniquely remote and we've seen uh, teams start to adopt this. But I think in 2022, it's the year where I think we're going to see some more formal processes be publicly documented. And we might even see some new influencers emerge with uniquely remote methodologies and perspective. Okay. All right. Well, mine uh, is going to be similar here, but around remote infrastructure. Mm. The continued expansion of remote work, that's no surprise, right? I mean, as an ever greater number of companies settle into long-term remote and hybrid work models, they're going to need a new generation of tools and software to help them. Slack is is great. You know, I use Slack. We use it for Product Collective, but there's a lot more that's needed. There's global HR solutions that's needed. There are global hiring solutions, remote security, remote IT. There's all sorts of new problems that have been largely, I don't know, pretty much duct taped over the last few years. And I feel like 2022 is going to be the year that companies are going to need to seek out better solutions for infrastructure. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's been interesting to watch companies like Deal emerge uh, to fill that remote HR gap. And I could see them and others really blowing up this year as companies finally kind of throw their hat and accept like, look, we're here, <laughs> we're here to work remotely. Let's formalize our processes. Let's get some good infrastructure in place. Okay, let's move on to marketing. It's kind of adjacent to product. It will definitely impact some roadmaps this year. So Mike, what did you have in kind of the marketing world? Okay. All right. Well, my prediction is going to be that privacy will become a huge focus for marketing teams. Ad blockers are now being built right into the browsers, uh, like Brave, for instance. I mean, years of breaches, unwanted sharing, greedy grabbing of all zero first, second, third party <laughs> data that companies get their hands on. It's made people angry, confused, suspicious. Um, now, I mean, every time a hack goes public, trust just goes down immediately and every time people see ads that feel too suspiciously tailored to their exact situation maybe for some product they were literally just talking about uh, you know then yeah of course the conspiracy theories pop up that they're all listening to us in our phones and and hey I may be one of those people that I'm a little suspicious. I mean, is it really a conspiracy at this point? <laughs> exactly. I mean, the bottom line is when a company wants too much data from us, we don't like it. It doesn't feel good. So my prediction is that marketing teams are going to be both overly cautious to not come across as data vampires, and they're going to want to try to figure out how to reach the right audience when they don't have access to the same tracking they've enjoyed over the last decade. So moving to focus on, say, first-party data. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as an example, right. Uh, marketers, they're going to need to convince customers that sharing the data is beneficial to them. And 
try to convince them that the personalized experiences it creates will actually improve their lives in some way and that they won't share it with others. For those that won't share data, mass personalization is a viable strategy, tailoring experiences, content, ads, and products, you know, and that delivers this personalized experience feeling without requiring the data that true personalization requires. So I do think we'll see more of this and it'll be a big shift, honestly, for most marketing teams that are kind of drunk on data today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I could see its impact on the product roadmap everywhere um, as we adjust. So, okay, so I picked a renewed interest in the story for marketing teams. I know, at least on our team, we've changed our approach to marketing and the skills we need to build content for advertising in the last six months to really start telling the story more rather than kind of this direct clicked conversion advertising. And I think this trend is going to continue for more and more platforms, pushing short form video to attract customers, they're going to have to lean back into storytelling again to capture kind of the hearts and minds of consumers. Yeah. Does it feel like that they've lost that? I think so. I think for the last couple of years, there's just been this big focus on performance marketing, driving clicks to conversions. There's nothing wrong with it, but I, I do think, you know, kind of the gimmicky tactics, the quick hits, the steep discounts, the bundles, I think consumers are getting a little tired of it. So as marketing teams look to acquire new customers in this kind of chaotic online environment, I think the quality of content, the messaging, building of trust, it's its really going to matter. And uh, there's more platforms more than ever that they need to cater content to. And so I think it's going to be a big challenge for marketing teams. All right. Well, I'm into it. I'm into it for sure. Um, let's see. We could take a break. Now, I think let's try to fit one last one in before the break. What right. what industry trend are you watching this year, Michael? Okay. So I wrote down SPACs and IPOs. And look, there are a ton of SPACs or these special purpose acquisition companies. And they're going to be expiring this year. And they're going to be looking for partner companies. So I think we're going to see one last wave of tech companies going public through a SPAC before things settle down. A number of SPACs have actually turned sour, like Nikola, who we we covered last year on the show. And BuzzFeed has been having kind of a rough time with their SPAC process. That said, it'll be interesting to watch what other companies are able to go public this way that might have had to wait a few more years traditionally. Also, on that note, while they're not SPACs, um, or at least I'm not expecting them to be. I'm very excited to see if we get a Reddit or Stripe IPO this year as the rumor mill has been brewing. All right. All right. Well, while you went with IPOs, I picked the flip side of that coin. I think 2022 is going to be the year that a number of influential companies are founded in the Web3 space. And, you know, no one's no one's talking about Web3 mm. these days, are they? No, <laughs> no not at all. Kidding, kidding <laughs> about that. Just like a decade ago, though, where, where MOOCs or these massive online open courses, they were all the rage, and we saw Coursera and Udemy come out of the hype. I think 2022 is going to be a year where, where we're, we're seeing the founding of some rocket ships here, mm. and, and the groundwork's all there. People are talking about it. It seems to be the thing that everybody's talking about, so it just feels like it's time. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And if you're looking to join a rocket ship, this might be the year to join a startup. I don't know. So after the break, we'll wrap up with our 2022 predictions. All right, so before the break... We said we we're going to wrap up and we've got two final questions. So we're going to ask ourselves what we're least excited about going into 2022 and we'll end on what we're most excited about. So, Mike, what are you least excited about going into 2022? All right. Well, I guess I'm least excited about at least starting the year living like we've been living the past year and a half or two years or 
whatever the heck it's been. My, my gosh, like this past summer, um, you know, back summer 2021, uh, I, maybe even spring, I guess, of 2021, there was just so much optimism, right? Yeah. Like everybody was getting the vaccine, almost wearing it as a badge of honor, and we were starting to live our lives. I went on a guy's trip. We went on a family <laughs> vacation. Uh, you know, I was able to kind of live most of our life in this past summer, and then, gosh, the last few weeks in particular, it just feels like 2020 all over again in terms of people being inside and an Omicron raining down on us. And yeah, I I guess maybe the thing I'm least excited about is what these next, I don't know, couple of weeks, hopefully a few weeks uh, look like, and then hopefully we can open back up again. But, uh, but in the immediate term, it, it sure doesn't feel so open to probably most of us um, right now. And so I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Our, gyms are closed. I was doing so well going to the gym five days a week. <laughs> and then they closed the gyms down just a couple of weeks ago. They'll be closed for most of January. So I'm going to have to get back into that process. But um, Hey, I've mastered the at-home workout though, Michael. So I, I got, I've got you there if you need the help. <laughs> I might need, I need some <laughs> notes from you. <laughs> so um, I had down more junk products. Um, mm. I just find myself constantly skeptical when I'm buying online. Is this real? Am I giving my credit card to a, a spammy company? You know, can can I reliably buy this? And that kind of restricts us to a few platforms. One of them being Amazon, which is also ripe with with these kind of junky products and fake products. And so, I don't know. I I don't see us solving this problem this year, but I I hope we start to, again, build that trust in brands. We find some new places to spend our money online and we move away from this kind of trend of low quality, junky, even rip off products that we're seeing online right now. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael, I was thinking about you over Christmas break because a friend of mine um, they kind of waited to the last minute to get a Christmas tree, and and so they they didn't have a, a artificial Christmas tree, and they're like, you know what, I'm just gonna get one on Amazon, mm. and it was able to get to them in two days, and it was like a week before Christmas, and then finally the tree came, and it was about six inches tall. Jeez, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was not the Christmas tree that they were hoping for. Couldn't uh. even put any ornaments on the tree. Maybe one <laughs> ornament, just one ornament you could possibly hang on the top, and they got it on Amazon, you know. So it's not. You know, it it wasn't like it was from some bogus website or anything, but a little misleading in terms of the copy. So I I hear you. How about how about no more of those situations for um, for 2022 and beyond? I hope they figure it out. Yeah. Well, maybe we should maybe we should talk about the good stuff. Maybe we should talk about the happy stuff because I don't want to dwell on all this for too long. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, look, I'll, I'll kick it off. I'm most excited about kind of this Web3 trend. It really does seem like people are excited to build on the web again. And I think that's a good thing. We, we haven't had that for a long time. We've kind of wrapped up our, our attention into very few companies. Um, those companies have even consolidated and they don't always have our best interest in mind. So I'm excited for this, this kind of trend to open up the web again, people to do some weird stuff, people to try out things like the Constitution Dow where they try to buy the Constitution. I think it's cool, right? Like we're, we're playing again and I think it's so important. And whether, you know, the Web3 vision that Zuck has or someone else has 
is what we end up with. I think this is a really exciting time to just be doing weird stuff on the web again. And so I'm incredibly excited to see everyone so jazzed up. I even was buying some NFTs over the break, kind of starting to to, to play around in that that world. I'm probably late. Maybe I'm early. I don't know. But it just feels fun again. And, and that gets me excited and gives me hope for the future. I like that. I like that. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with getting a little weird. I mean, hey, in the early days of the internet, everything was weird. So yep. <laughs> I, I, I think it's great. You know, I was kind of joking before how it has been, Web 3's become this this big buzzword in, in tech and Twitter. And sometimes I might want to mute that word on Twitter. But <laughs> the reality is th- there's excitement there for a reason. So um, I, I like it. I, I'll tell you what, Michael, my the thing I'm looking forward to most in 2022 actually doesn't even have anything to do with tech. It's just getting back together again in, in person, right? And we got a taste of it in 2021. Obviously, we're not there quite yet. We went backwards, but I, I do think, I guess maybe it's the the optimist in me. I do mm. think come springtime, come summer, you know, we'll, we'll start to end, you know, what what is a pandemic and sort of get out of that pandemic phase. And and it doesn't look like COVID is going to be going away permanently anytime ever, <laughs> I, yeah. I probably. But, you know, it might, it might become more of like a cold that we just kind of have to live with. <laughs> Obviously, it's not that right now, but I'm just saying in the future, maybe. And, uh, and look, you know, us at Product Collective, we're excited to get together with our community in person. We have the yeah. New York Product Conference in April and industry in September. And, and yeah, things might not be in a place where if we were putting it on today, we'd feel super good about that. But, but I, I do think when we get to April and September, you know, we're going to be in a place where people are really looking forward to get together again. And, and I want to go on another guy's trip. I want to go on another family vacation. So I'm ready for that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hear you. I, feel like we all are and i can't wait for another uh industry conference honestly so it'd be great to get back and see everyone so well let's wrap up there i think we've got one more special episode coming on tuesday about the great john madden you want to fill us in mike yeah well you know if you're a football fan um, you already know that John Madden has recently passed away. He was a legendary football coach, a uh, legendary sports broadcaster. But did you know he was also a product person? And and I'll we'll talk about what that means uh, coming up next week. All right. Well, we'll see you then. I guess we'll we'll wait a year and we'll revisit this uh, at the beginning of 2023. See how right we were on our predictions. I think it'll be fun. So we'll we'll see you next week. Kicking off a great year here at Rocketship.fm. I'm Michael Saka for Mike Belsito. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to the podglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.